Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels. Our guest this episode, we've got Chad Schilling from Makaska, South Dakota. We've had Chad on plenty of times. We're always talking open water. We're always hitting the hot button uh, topics for Lake Oahe in South Dakota with Chad during open water. And you know what? Technically, it is still open water, and we talk a lot about that. The fishing going on down there right now, it's no secret giant walleyes coming out of Oahe. And uh, we get the scoop on that with Chad, how they've been catching them, the, the, just all the cool things that are going on down there right now. The South Dakota State record being broke multiple times, you know, less than a month ago, uh, 17 pounds, about 14 ouncer uh, holding the state record right now. I mean, that's 17, that's almost 18 pounds, a, almost an 18 pound walleye on Lake Oahe, a, a body of water we talk about all the time, other times a year. A body of water that's right here in the Midwest, driving distance from so many of us. And I would guess, you know, most of the hardcore walleye ice anglers listening to this have, have probably never really thought about going to Oahe to fish for giant walleyes. There's all kinds of other destinations, and I'll be them great, and we talk about them all the time. We really, really need to show some love to Oahe. The conditions in South Dakota in the wintertime are super favorable, typically. Um, This is a very accessible place in the world or place here in the Midwest. Like, I, I I just want to highlight this body of water, highlight this fishing opportunity. And it is this caliber of fish, these teeners, these 14, 15, 16, and now that we know almost 18 pound caliber fish, uh, there's a very fishable population of these fish swimming in Oahe. And uh, yeah, I just feel like it's got to be something we talk about. And who better? Chad Schilling, he's right there in the thick of it. He's right in the middle of it. He's one of the guys that's out there doing it, catching giant fish. He can talk about it for days. And he's, he's just got the best energy. I love Chad. And, uh, you know, very fitting that he and his guide service and his team of young gun uh, guides are going to be getting back into the ice guiding game. So we talk about the opportunities down there. We talk about Chad and the offerings of his guide service and just all the fun stuff, man. We cover a lot of ground in this. Chad's all over the place. And it's just so much fun. After this conversation, I uh, just can't help but be jacked up. So anyways... I'm going on and on. Great intro here. Uh, Chad Schilling from Makaska, South Dakota, Lake Oahe Giants. Let's get into it. If you want to enjoy all the abundant hunting and fishing opportunities that Northeastern South Dakota has to offer, there's no better place to stay than Roy Lake State Park. Come shoot your limit of birds, then hit the lake and catch you a limit of walleyes all in a day. Roy Lake State Park provides both modern cabins and suites with all the comforts of home at a reasonable price. Go to GoOutdoorsSouthDakota.com to reserve your fall hunting and fishing destination. That link is in the description of this podcast. If you have any fishing memory or a fish that you would like to commemorate with a replica or you have questions about getting fish replicas done, reach out to Jamie Rizavi from Rizavi Taxidermy Studio in New Rockford, North Dakota. Jamie and his crew do next level work here at the JMO headquarters We are blessed to have so many replicas made by Jamie. Reach out. You can find them on social media or online at RizaviTaxidermyStudio.com. The link is in the description of this podcast. This episode of the JMO Podcast is brought to you by Shields. 
Shields is your one-stop shop retailer for all your outdoor needs with over 30 locations across the United States. Every single department is full of the best brands on inventory and a knowledgeable staff to give you great service, including the fishing department. For more information or to find a store near you, head to the link in the description of this podcast. That's shields.com. And if you don't find a location near you, rest assured all their best deals are online as well. So the only thing left to do is to go check them out. Link is in the description of this podcast. I definitely want to ask you about these giant fish that are coming out of Oahe and your, your your stretch of the lake there. Like there are some fish, like unless you're living under a rock or unless you're avoiding <laughs> social media or avoiding any walleye content, you, you have to realize that, I mean, like it's like every target walleye email I get, it just says like that they're catching another teener down on Oahe uh, and, you know, talking about the state record stuff going on, man. So uh, Chad, I thought of you right away. I wanted to call you up and f- get get some of the scoop on that stuff. You know, it uh, we we could have talked for the last fifteen years about Oahe, and I don't think we'd ever had the same conversation. That's the that's the beauty of living here. And one of the reasons it drove me on the road fifteen years ago to go fish the professional stuff was we didn't have many giant fish. You know, places like Lake Erie, Green Bay, all them places had these eight to ten pound walleyes, and we just we never dreamt of that. Right now in a tournament, if you keep an eight-pound walleye, you're a fool here. I mean, that's how big these fish are. It, uh, if, is it if it isn't 10-plus, you just, you're, you're taking yourself out of a game, and it is incredible. It, it's, it's never, uh, not something I'd ever dreamt would have turned out the way it is where you can go out. For instance, I fished yesterday. I mean, that's, this will tell you how it goes. We killed our pheasants in the morning. We went out, um, we started at 2.30, and by 4.30, we had a 10, an 11, and a 12-pound walleye. And we didn't even really take too many pictures because we expected bigger. I mean, I had uh, Jimmy Paso and his partner Butch here uh, on a pheasant hunt, and I was like, hey, they've never got to fish a wahee. There's not a better time. And, I mean, we were excited. Heck, catching a 12-pound walleye is exciting. And you know there was just a fish caught a few a couple weeks ago that was six pounds heavier than that 12 pounder. So, so insane. It's hard to fathom. I mean, I do this for a living and I'm around it all the time. And when you're talking about, I mean, I had a buddy catch a 15 pound walleye the same day the 18 pounder was caught. You got a 15 pound fish. Nobody gets close to that. And somebody beat you by three pounds that day. Yeah. It's like, nobody's even going to remember your name because you were three pounds <laughs> behind the leader. <laughs> That's insane. It, it is. And, I've got, you know, aspirations to go to the Columbia River and stuff like that. But, I mean, we're rivaling it right now. I mean, for the sheer amount of teeners, it's incredible. And I can tell you, like you said, if, unless you're under a rock, you know about it. And what a – people have always come to Oahe to fill freezers and catch tons of fish. We're not catching tons of fish. It's not – nobody needs to come out here and think they're going to go catch the old days 50 to 100 fish a day. They're not there. These fish are foraging on Lake Herring, and the gizzard shad have exploded. My screen yesterday, it's been a long time since I've been anywhere but Sakakawea where your screen gets shut down from bait. And the gizzard shad, uh, they definitely are shutting down the screen. There's that many in that 40 to 28 feet of water. I mean, it's insane the amounts of bait out there. So these fish aren't going to get skinny. Don't... uh, I don't expect anything different. I just hope we get the year classes to come take their spots, you know, to fill in because 
we have the forage and we have the genetics, obviously. And as long as there's fish, to re the recruitment's there, it's going to be good for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, you and I were kind of just talking so briefly, just for like two minutes, like off air. And, um, you know, you said some things I definitely want to bring in to this conversation. A couple that I think are very interesting, like for your business, what you do down there in Akaska, like you've got lodging and you talk about how like anglers are coming. Anglers are coming. Like the participation is high. But yet, luckily, there's got to be enough conservation going on that we're maintaining, you know, the, the fishery or the fisheries doing really well. So it's like, you know, like you say, historically, um, you know, anybody that targeted big fish was targeting them to clean them. Right. You look at 20 yeah. years ago. Um, but now it's like we have more participation and even better conservation. Yeah, it. Uh, I've owned the, the part of our business in Akaska since 2004. And uh, back in them days, June, July, August, our motels and our, we have a couple different lodges. Everything was lined. I mean, you couldn't park another boat. You, you had to worry about your parking. Um, that, that dwindled off, you know, the just things changed. The lake changed. Um, not that it got to be worth fishing. It just, you know, it, it, there was comparable places everywhere else to Hawaii. So why travel so far? Um it, uh, I have never seen, even back in the glory days, October, where you can't book a room to go hunting anywhere because there are fishermen filling. I'm not saying I run the perfect business. There's businesses all around me. Every motel was full. Every steakhouse is full at night. The economic impact of guys coming here and catching eight to 10 fish a day, but having the chance of catching, I mean, seriously, or personal best was every day you're you're probably going to touch it you know someone in the boat's got a chance of catching it and something that affected it i think as much or more than anything it wasn't all forward facing sonar as a matter of fact for about a month you couldn't catch them jigging the best the best in the business were here trying to catch them jigging and guys were pulling crankbaits past them and wailing on these fish and i'm not saying that's not as much of a you know a a technical aspect of fishing, but more people are better at trolling. And the fact that guys could come and catch them trolling, it was off the charts how many people were here. And I'm talking from Mobridge to Gettysburg, just lines of boats out there trolling and catching giant walleyes. And what you and I talked on, and which makes me stick my chest out for modern anglers and modern sportsmen, a huge amount of them fish were going back. I would say in the 80 to 90 percentile they're releasing. And some guys are mounting just the fish of a lifetime. Um, sometimes them fish die. You know, that, that happens. That's part of the game. And that's part of the game we can't look down on as anglers. Fish die. That, that, that happens. And guys would bring them in. But it was a very small amount of fish that were getting cleaned in that huge, you know, them 8 to 12, 13, 14 pounders. So, um as sportsmen, as anglers, we can pat ourselves on the back. Guys always say, oh, a bunch of them fish die. Well, I'm part of the Dumb and Dumber Society where, you know, a million percent chance that it's going to live. Well, at least it's got a chance. I, I, I love the fact that guys are giving them a chance. Um, if you run their head down that grinder at our nice fish cleaning station, I know the percentage, how many live. It's zero. Yeah. So if we give them a chance, I'm, I'm proud of anybody who does it, you know. And these fish... I watch them on live scope. I know there's all kinds of different studies and people argue, man, I've watched them go back down into a, 
a bunch of bait and go right back into feeding after you release them. So whatever the studies show, I'm, I'm of the fact that they have a chance. That's that's all I'm looking forward. You know, when I, when I turn one loose, I, uh, if I'm going out there to have to eat an eight to 10 pound wall, I will shame on me anyway, but people have done the right thing. It's, it's it, like I say, it's a good time to be proud of, I mean, my business watching fish like that get caught would scare the life out of me if I seen them all being hang, hung on boards and killed every day. Oh, yeah. And you, ju- you just don't see it. I mean, you don't. You see a couple of guys with, oh, the taxidermist is going to be happy. And, and that's another part of the business people don't look at. Taxidermists have been a little bit struggling in this area for a while. Let me tell you, they're backed up now. What are some of the some of the patterns when we get this late in the season, like the conditions this year, like you said, you were out yesterday. Like what were the water temps like, like paint that picture for me a little bit, what the fishing is really like this time of year. It was uh, OK. So yesterday, 36 degree water temperature. Um, we hadn't been out. I mean, we run a full service pheasant business. And unfortunately, I got to be like a lot of people watching all these walleyes get caught from the sidelines. And I'm drooling over the stories every night. But. Um, I've been able to sneak out once a week, maybe with a group, if we have good pheasant hunting, the beauty of this fall, which <laughs> I pray we can count on is the weather has been really nice. I mean, we've had an incredible summer for South Dakota standards. You can't get much better weather, but, um, them temperatures were still at 38 degrees. We were ice fishing right now last year. So, um, 38 degrees, the fish were, I didn't even fish over 40 feet yesterday. Um, by the evening, they were up in that 25, 28 foot of water. Um, I literally drove around to get away from bait. That was my trick yesterday. I've, you always look for bait and then you start targeting the fish. The bait was so thick. I mean, 20 foot of bait that if you sat in them, you'd, the white bass are incredible. I mean, I haven't seen a white bass bite like this in 20 years here. Um, you kind of got to avoid them too, or uh, we had a guy in the boat that loved that. So we caught him a bunch of them too. But, um, my dad started trolling. I started jigging just cause current information told us that the trolling bite was slowing down, but we had to try cause the trolling bite had been so good. I had four fish in the boat. He hadn't touched one yet. So he come to jigging too. Um, I seriously thought a jigging a minnow was going to be lights out. I gave the customers and I mean, these aren't your average fisherman, Jimmy Paso and Butcher are stud jig fishermen. I gave them jigging wraps and uh, I went with a jig and a minnow and they caught the first four fish. Um, we did catch a couple on jig and minnow, but just simple slowing it down, not doing the August snap, you know, more of a, more of a pump than a snap. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is cold water, right? You still got, it is cold, but they're, they, they were snapping, man. If, if I could ever not have to troll and get to go jig, I'd do that every day. But it was a little bit of a surprise to me how much they didn't want trolling stuff the last couple of days. And, and that's the cool thing about Hawaii. You don't like what you're doing here. Just give it a couple of days. It'll change. And, um, I got a buddy who caught his limit on bottom bouncers and plain snells yesterday. So, um, I don't think there's a exact way you got to come catch them, but you want to be versatile this time of year. And, and, I like it in the evenings. I mean, it's the ice fishing bite. You go for that last hour and a half, you know? Yeah. Um, but they, I was excited for the last hour and a half and half the boats were already at the, uh, at the launch yesterday. They had caught their eaters and don't get me wrong. There's a ton of anglers here right now. Don't care if they catch a big one. They're out there because they're catching these 16 to 20 inch. I, you can't explain how fat these fish are. Yeah. They don't look, well, you've seen the pictures. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we got uh, we got some uh, health issues on our walleyes. They're too fat, <laughs> I think. I mean, what a problem to have. We'll take it. So No, I love hearing that. I, that's such a good update. And just some of those points that are just key to kind of talk about is like, you know, the, the these fish are in the lake all year long, but and they're 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 there, but they live so deep, you know, like in the summertime. Yep. And so it's like in the in the fall, there's just these patterns and, and maybe it's not everywhere and it's not every single fish. But if you're there and you're looking for them, they, they just become it's such so much more accessible depths. You know, when you start talking less than 30 foot of water, that's a great yep. that's a great depth to be fishing. Um and you know it, it's it's you know 25 feet of water just it allows you to do whatever you want to do you know a lot of those a lot yep. of those you know you, you can kind of pick your poison um and like you say you're not going there to catch 150 fish a day at all um no, you know no, it's it's, not it's, it's it's quality over quantity yeah i love the updates anything else uh, uh, along those lines i want to ask you a little bit about um, you know, like I was asking you about ice fishing, I know I've never had you on to ice fish, so I want to get to that. But before we move on to that, okay. any, anything else we got to touch on or anything like that before I hit you with some ice fishing stuff? You know, it's, uh, it's just a good time to be in South Dakota. The bird numbers look good. Like I was telling you, the nice weather as good as it makes the fishing. It has made the bird hunting a little more of a struggle just because these birds are still, our birds haven't bunched up at all. They're scattered all over through the hills, through the prairie. And, uh, yeah, so what we've been trying to do is talk these pheasant hunters into going, which you don't have to bend too many arms. You can get them to go fishing pretty quick. But, uh, no, it's just a good time to visit South Dakota. It really is. And, man, I don't know. I hope we don't have to pay for how good our weather was. But we'll we'll take every year just like this one. I know you once upon a time guided ice fishing, but I thought, uh, I thought maybe um, you weren't doing that anymore. But when I called you here to see if you wanted to talk, it's like, you know, for the time of year, doing a show, you know, if I could, if we can do anything ice fishing related, that'd be great. And you brought, you brought up, um, you know, that uh, maybe, maybe this is a good time uh, to talk to you about, you know, some ice fishing or just the, you know, the opportunities down there. Well, you know, in 2001, 2002, we were new. I mean, we just built a lodge and absolutely live payment to payment you know that's that's how it worked and so we incorporated a little bit of ice fishing back then i didn't know anyone would come do it you know i just never dreamt there would be that kind of uh, demand for it and it was phenomenal it it was immediate we had a lot a lot of customers um south dakota i mean well any ice fishing business you're going to deal with weather and you're going to deal with some years tough conditions some years great conditions but I got a little older. I mean, I'm not that old yet, but I realized, man, there are easier ways to make a living. Well, I got some hungry young guys coming up. Um, some of them are family. Most that we treat all our employees like family, but they, they're still hungry. And they're, and that's a great thing for me because I can oversee the whole thing, drive around and help and, uh, and ditch out on them whenever I'm tired as of the old guy in the, in the <laughs> yeah. camp. But, um, and it couldn't be a better opportunity. These guys are just getting out of school, um, and the fishing is what it is. I mean, back when I was doing it, the limit was 14 a couple of years. You could go out and count on somebody getting their 14 fish limit in a few hours, and it wasn't that. Well, then we went through these tougher times in Oahe, and we didn't, weren't only not catching a very many big fish. We weren't catching many fish at all, and it, I just I put too much effort into it to not have the success that I wanted. Well, that's kind of turning around, and like I said, I got I got pretty good opportunity with employees that want to 
they want to make a better living in the winter. So we're going to, we're going to incorporate that back into the business. Um, the way the fall went, we're not going to shut nothing down. We've been winterizing motels and, and a couple and a couple of the houses and lodges um, for the last 10 years. Um, the one lodge was enough to keep what we did for ice fishing business. And I already know people are calling. The phones are starting to ring about ice fishing and we don't, we we love having do-it-yourselfers as much as we love guided stuff. So there's opportunities for both. And we, well, you you come to a casket, you'll see we share information, but so does ninety percent of the anglers. It's a it's a fisherman friendly atmosphere around here. People people don't keep secrets. They all you got to do is go to one of the two establishments in the evening, buy a round of drinks, and you'll know more than you probably want to. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a good place to not come and feel like you're behind the eight ball because people will help. This episode of the JMO Podcast is brought to you by Shields. Shields is your one-stop shop retailer for all your outdoor needs. With over 30 locations across the United States, every single department is full of the best brands on inventory and a knowledgeable staff to give you great service, including the fishing department. For more information or to find a store near you, head to the link in the description of this podcast. That's shields.com. And if you don't find a location near you, rest assured all their best deals are online as well. So the only thing left to do is to go check them out. Link is in the description of this podcast. If you have any fishing memory or a fish that you would like to commemorate, with a replica, or you have questions about getting fish replicas done, reach out to Jamie Rizavi from Rizavi Taxidermy Studio in New Rockford, North Dakota. Jamie and his crew do next level work here at the JMO headquarters. We are blessed to have so many replicas made by Jamie. Reach out. You can find them on social media or online at RizaviTaxidermyStudio.com. The link is in the description of this podcast. If you want to enjoy all the abundant hunting and fishing opportunities that Northeastern South Dakota has to offer, there's no better place to stay than Roy Lake State Park. Come shoot your limit of birds, then hit the lake and catch you a limit of walleyes all in a day. Roy Lake State Park provides both modern cabins and suites with all the comforts of home at a reasonable price. Go to GoOutdoorsSouthDakota.com to reserve your fall hunting and fishing destination. That link is in the description of this podcast. It's like, it's the land of opportunity. Like, you know, to get that kind of an ice fishing environment, it almost feels like you're going somewhere really far away to like the mountains or northern remote Canada. No, you're literally just driving across South Dakota (laughs) just to get to Lake Oahe. And it's like when you get out there on your four wheeler, you feel so small. It's nothing like getting out there in a 20 foot Ranger where you can just bust up and down wherever you want to go. It's like the ice fishing game is a totally different deal. Then that is like. You know, it's like the Wild West just going to uh, Oahe, um, you know, in the wintertime, especially like you're part of the lake. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, it's almost like the networking, you know, you got to be willing to do a little communicating to network because it's such a big, vast body of water. When you start talking, trying to drill, you know, an eight inch hole and find fish. Yeah, um, but it, the opportunity, everything that we've already talked about, we're talking open water and all these giant walleyes being caught right now out of boats like those fish are still living in that lake. There's giant northern pike. Like, you talk about the white yeah. bass. That's so fun on ice tackle. Um, you know, yep. and the walleyes. Like, 
Like walk me through a little bit how what you feel like the real opportunities are when there's ice on Oahu. You know, so it's a it, again, it's such a diverse deal. You and I could talk about just the ways people fish here. If you're a shack fisherman, we have dang good access. The game and fish keeps the ramps open. Um, Ryan Parsoon up in this part of the country does a good job of plowing out the ramps and stuff. So if you want to drive and stay in one of the you know, into one of the coves or bays. Um, it's not, I shouldn't say it's not always the best fishing. Sometimes it is, but if guys like to bring their big wheelhouses and park, well, you're not going to get in trouble. You know what I mean? You're, you can go out just a little ways, park your shack. You're going to catch some fish. Um, our, our yellow perch are kind of exploding on Oahe. We're seeing more and more of them. I'm, it's a fish. I wish we could even stock more because they haven't stocked them yet, but if they did, I know how many people enjoy that, but you're going to catch perch. You're going to catch catfish. You're obviously going to catch walleyes, um, pike. You never know on them things, but running tip ups has been really successful year to year. You never know when, but when it's good, it's amazing. Um, but the opportunities on doing that is they're bountiful. Um, but what we do, what my, my whole crew, it's run and gun. I mean, we, we never stop. We got usually two or three guys with forward facing sonars. Um, we're in side by sides, but a lot of years you can drive a vehicle about anywhere you want to go. Um, just talk to the locals. They'll warn you about bad areas and then you're good to go. Um, whatever we can do to get around the easiest, we do it. And we never sit still. We don't fish morning or evening very often because we're done before the evening. But we bounce just like you would in your big Lund boat or Ranger boat or whatever. We bounce around until we find active fish. We catch them and we move on. Um, <laughs> these stupid ele uh, electric drills now, these battery-operated drills, everyone's the man. Now, it used to be I felt like I was the only guy who could drill 100 holes yeah. in a day. Now, everyone does it. It's like, oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah, Making dude, this too easy, kidding. but... It, uh, I used to go to so many points and be like, ha no one's got to this one this year. Well, now people cover water like we do too. And, uh, that's the way I find it fun is, you know, you have your graphs mounted on the dash of your vehicle or your, whatever you're using, you cruise point to point, you jump in, you see if the fish are on it with forward facing, you chase them with, you don't need it. I mean, it's, it obviously makes things easier, but Vexlars are, plenty but you don't fish where there's not fish and i always tell guys in the summertime do you go anchor and sit there and not mark fish all day well no and i'm like then why did you sit on that point all day and not mark fish yeah you know that that's just that's the one thing a lot of anglers do wrong here but that's getting fewer and farther between people know what they're doing they cover water yeah and the cool thing about oahe is you hit a point somebody comes in behind you two hours later it's probably full of fish again you know what I mean? They move so much and they're up and down that uh, it, this thing fishes huge and it even fishes bigger when there's only 10, 15 guys out there in the winter. So we'll see what this winter brings, but I expect a lot of people to hang out in their houses and there'll be a few guys running around and them guys don't have to be there till dark very often. Do you see like wintertime patterns that really show up? How would you describe the patterns of the fish on Oahe once it does freeze over? You know, it's uh, it's kind of been the same every year. There's the, the, obviously the two main tributaries here, the Morrow River and the Grand River up in Mobridge. Fish move towards that, just, you know, normal moving patterns. They're going to start moving towards where they're going to spawn, not necessarily all pile back there, but they start to migrate in them regions. It seems like 
you, you don't have to get too far from either one of them. And we're blessed because the Moro is just straight across from us here. Um, the problem is there is current on Oahe. So you got to watch your, you got to be careful on early ice. You, you don't, you don't venture real far. I mean, you can do some of it on the shorelines, but um, the accesses are, you just don't get too far out. And it's crazy because I know there's fish in these bays right now. Um, every boat ramp with an access, there's fish close to that access. We just don't do it all fall fishing. We run away from them. Well, when you're limited, you find out right away you can catch fish by not traveling very far on that first, you know, the spooky ice where you walk out or you get to where you can use an ATV. Um, as soon as we get, we it, it happens every year. I mean, we can talk about fishing late into the year, but we can be boat fishing one week and driving a vehicle the next week. And it's this brutal freeze where you're getting an inch and a half to two inches a night. And a week later, you got over a foot of ice when you were boat fishing. Um, so when that happens, normally that's the best bite of the year because you access all this stuff that's been left alone for a while. And uh, what we always do is we tend to focus on getting over to the mouth of the Moro, um, getting in that area, getting to main points that jet out as far into the towards the channel as you can. And then during the day, you start in that, 30 to 40 feet. Um, and people use everything. I stick with, I use a pro jig a lot in the wintertime. I don't do real well with it in the summertime, but it's a local jig made here. It's just like a jig wrap or a Northland puppet minnow or whatever. It's just one built locally and through the ice I do as good or better and it's supporting the local guys. So um, it's just a great big number nine size jig wrap is what it is. And I've forced fish. I don't, I don't dink with a fish. If he don't eat after I've lifted him three times, fine. There'll be another one a couple holes away. I'll go look for a different one. That's my method. Guys will literally, guys will literally sit there with a jig and a minnow some days, just a lead head and a minnow and kick my butt. Um, I'm not patient enough to do it 90% of the time. I mean, they're kicking my butt enough. I'll bite the bullet and switch back. But um, moving like that is a, is an incredible system. What's crazy about Oahe there's years where tip-ups will completely dominate. They want a split shot, a little, you know, fluorocarbon lead and a minnow swim in there. And I would say it's about every third year where that happens. And that's what's cool about Hawaii. If you're good at doing everything, you're going to catch fish. I mean, you really are. If you stay versatile and keep adjusting, that's going to, it's going to pan out. And, uh, you know, we shoot a couple of fishing shows and every year, hate to pick on Hainer, but you, you guys are friends with him too. He'll show up and he's got to put them. I call them his stay downs. Quit yeah. Putting them stay downs down. The stay so, downs. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like the way you talk about how it's like, you know, it's like, this is how I like to fish and this is what makes me successful, but don't count out that person that will prove me wrong. You know, oh, we're gosh, all like yeah. that. We all got to be able to look at the big picture like that and it'll make your fishing trips so much more happy or successful, you know, when you're with, you know, people that fish differently than you versus being thinking that they're just slowing you down or thinking that, you know, they're just doing something foolish, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Go ahead and mouth off. That always comes back. To <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. That's what I was getting and, at. And, That's and, what I was getting and, at. And with Hainer. Hainer rubs it in on me every single time he's here. He's like, I remember my stay downs, Chad. They kicked your butt. And I'm like, yep, I remember it. And I'm, I'm, I'm mad enough to admit it. <laughs> so that's. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, that there's just something to that, you know, there's just something to well, that. And that's, 
that's something we incorporate a lot into and what I will force the kids to do. I call them kids, but they're grown men now that, that work for me is, so we have different, I mean, obviously when you run clientele, everybody has different expectations and things they want to do. And some people love them wheelhouses. Some people love a TV going and uh, watching TV and maybe having a beverage and sitting there and enjoying a rattle reel on the wall. Um, we have all the options and we will come beg them guys. Hey, we are crushing them. Put on your darn warm clothes, get out of your flip flops and let's go catch some fish and we'll take them. A lot of times we come back to check on them and see how they're doing. And they got a bucket full of fish Yeah, and they're sitting there a lot happier than we are out in 20 below zero, you know? So it's, it's never that that's, that's why I love where I live. You never have to go do one thing. And if you think that you're going to get beat because something else is working, you know, it's uh it's, it's a great place for the versatile angler and it's a great place for a person who only does one thing because sooner or later it's going to work. You know, it, uh, it gives you all that. It's something that never gets talked about here. I mean, pike fishing gets talked about running tip ups in the shallows and trying to get a right. giant pike and they're there. Um, catching the walleyes. We have phenomenal catfish. If a person loves catching catfish in the wintertime, man, I can dial you in. You will be sick of wrecking hooks and digging hooks out of catfish, but it's, I have people who come just for that. You know, they do. They, they want to take as many home as they can. And what a great way to fill the freezer with a darn, a pretty good eating fish. I ain't going to get much more elaborate on that, but if you were going to eat a catfish, catching them out of cold water, I think would probably be the deal anyways. Clean, cold water here in Hawaii is perfect. But what I was going to lead to is we have really good pan fishing within an hour and I, you know, to the east and south of us. And I guess there's a couple to the north that I don't utilize because there's stuff closer and easier. You want to spend a day and go feed on some jumbo perch, like ridiculous out of this world perch. There's opportunities right here too. It's not known for it. Um, these ain't lakes that a couple of years ago, it was blown up. You know, people really flocked to come do it and the walleyes weren't going. So all the concentration were on some of these lakes and they withstood the pressure. I mean, there's still gigantic perch. Like we were catching 15 inch perch on the regular one year. Um, and that's right out our back door. So, Man, it's it's hard to get it all in. That's the problem. Yeah. These guys plan a two to three day trip, and they're like, "Well, we wish we'd had time for that." And I'm like, "Buddy, I live here, and I wish I had time to do it all." But <laughs> yeah, it's a because you're kid. still trying to pheasant hunt, world class pheasant hunting, world class deer hunting, world class fishing. It, like, yeah, man, and that that like this episode, like that's I could just caption it that way. It's like I literally, I don't know if I, you know, I reached out to you what yesterday or the day before, and it's like. Man, I just want to have you on. Like it is everything that's going on down in that part of the world is so this is like the time of year to highlight, <laughs> you know, like 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 South Dakota, you know, Lake Oahe. It's just unbelievable. So I even when we started this conversation, I was like, I don't even know where we're gonna end up or what we're gonna do well, talking. But I was like, I just everything is so cool going on down there right now. Like that's really just the moral of the story. We also we started, I mean because life ain't good enough. We, uh, they started the walleye coalition, um, here in right out of Akaska. It's a whole, I mean, there's a huge following on this and they're just pushing the, you know, get the recruitment back into Hawaii. That's the group's main goal is to restore the walleye population back to, we don't need the numbers we had, you know, but we are, our numbers are different than what they've been. And the forage is there. And we just, you know, just like in most things, you just got to get a bigger voice, and uh, the Game and Fish went out of their way to, to stalk this northern end of Oahe. And 
I don't think timing could have been more perfect with the amount of forage, but there's going to be those stock fish tend to not travel as much. So like what we were talking about, the wheelhouse fishing, I mean, them fish were fingerlings this year in a couple of years that them bays, cause they've stocked most of the bays in the area. Swan Creek being one of the ones that got most of the fry for this year. I look so forward to, I have a lot of people who are scared of the ice. I mean, it's a river system. I'm not going to be the one to tell you it's safe because then, you know, something happens bad, but people, people love ice fishing, but they don't like to venture like a lot of us guys do. Well, when they stock like that, they're going to give these people opportunities that are out of this world that want to go, you know, a quarter mile off the dock and take their kids and not be scared because there's always six to eight inches more ice in them areas. You right, know? So, right, right. And uh, if that plays out like, I mean, it looks like it's the perfect storm. I mean, with their stocking and the amount of forage, them fish should grow fast and be, heck, they don't, I don't care if they're out there catching 12 inches. I just want them people that get that opportunity to be able to catch a lot of fish and not a lot of catch fish. That's what we're looking for. It, we don't always have to be spoiled, but I like it when people who don't have four wheelers, who don't have, you know, things where they can venture out, they can just walk off a dock and catch fish. That's going to be pretty dang neat to see in the next few years. Yeah. Yeah, man. All those things, man. Just a good thing. Just being uh, conservation minded with the big fish and, and the support, uh, you know, for getting the stocking and all that stuff, and and just the the anglers having a real voice in the decision making and and all that is so huge. And hearing that your businesses in that area, everybody's just benefiting from the outdoors that are happening right now. And it's not just pheasant hunting, you know. I mean, the the fishing making just a huge impact on that. Um, I don't know. It's just really cool, and I think it's just a really a fun conversation going on right now. Those big fish are just always a fun conversation but but there's definitely always more to the story you know you can't just you know make a a a youtube clip and show a giant fish and then that be the end of it i love being able to have this conversation with you um you know where we're just kind of just kind of talking about everything talking about you know just trying to hit it at all angles and and um Definitely giving it, a, giving a little bit of props to uh, you know the conservation and and putting them back fishing them at a time of year where they can be they can be caught and released um, and uh, and then you know the fishing it's not a gimme uh, we still got to nope. talk about the fishing you still got to break it down you know the trollers are having their day the jiggers yep. are are trying to have their day like, like it there's still the fishing conversation that we got to have and I just love that a whole bunch man but and I love the ice fishing I love the ice fishing update that you guys are gonna get back into the ice fishing game uh with your young your young guns there um because again i just i think that that's the other thing that's the next thing right around the corner i think that there's going to be as the years go you know these next few years go by i think some of these big teeners are going to be caught you know week to week um you know through an eight inch hole and that that now we're starting to talk about like you know like i said before some of these destinations like winnipeg and and lake of the woods and devil's lake and all that stuff it's like if you got a squad of buddies and you've got, uh, you know, you've got some gear and it's battle tested and you're looking for the next, you know, frontier to try to go yep. conquer the next skyline, you know, that you got to reach, you know, uh, uh, Lake Oahe capped over with ice. Um, it, it, it's so much closer than, you know, than other places. And it is fishing right now, just out of its mind. Um, yep. and it's a multi-species deal. Uh, yeah, I think if anybody out there has any lofty goals, 
of catching a PB through the ice, um, yeah, Oahe is not just an open water destination. That's the hey, truth. buddy, we got we got issues. We've been, I mean, just you target smaller fish here on Oahe. We've all went to six, and very few people even run a seven inch auger. Man, we got to up our game. We're gonna have noses stuck. Yeah, in the that's water. true. Yeah, don't show up without a tenant. That's the thing. It's like if you if like nobody would go to Winnipeg, you know, without a ten inch auger, you know, and an yep. extension. Like you go there prepared to do battle. Yeah, you got to think that you got to think about that stuff and be prepared for it or it ain't going to happen. You're going to break yeah. off. You're going to lose those fish for well, sure. And another, another sell for us. And I mean, I dig, man, I'm four to five trips a year. Yeah, a few years ago when I, when I really needed to catch a big fish, man, there's, there's a drive there that drives a person crazy. I was four or five trips a year to Winnipeg. Um, Lake of the woods been up there a bunch um, and they're amazing places. No one should ever, not take the opportunity to trip, but I'm going to warn you ahead of time. That's them places are a lot of work. One of my favorite lines that I always say when we go to everything is a little harder in Canada. Yeah. Uh, them people are tougher. The travel conditions, the, what you're talking about, two extensions on an auger where you yeah. got to put flighting all the way yeah. up. Or, a lot of wear and tear, we, a lot of depreciation on your gear. <laughs> we don't deal with that on a normal basis. That is such a unicorn year where we have slush or tons of snow. Last year we had more snow on the ice than ever. And you could still get around with an ATV without tracks, you know? So that was, that was a different year, but it's, it's, it is the adventure, but there's a more adventure up in Canada. Cause half the time you're going to break about half your crap. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just, a, it's a, it's a, and, and I won't ever talk anybody out of going there because it is an experience that everyone should do. Um, but expect to come home more tired than you left. I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. And uh, Oahe, most of the time, is a lot easier than that. You know, it's just the the travel is the main thing is the difference. Uh, most of the time, you can get where you want to get without tracks and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and slush and everything yeah. else so. a lot less risks in terms of that you know i mean you, yeah you, you know it's so you know you, yeah you're not going to be in a so less opportunity for being caught in a slush pocket eight miles from the boat ramp you know what i mean like yeah. you, you can you can make those runs um with tire tire machines wheel machines you're not burning all that gas plow, pushing snow um, yeah. yeah, much more mild conditions. And you don't conditions. need five extensions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, probably. You probably, you know, two foot of ice is probably pretty thick for you in most of the year. Yeah, 20 inches is a normal year. That's, I mean, when we get to our thickest, it does, we get to 30 inches. I've, I mean, that's, but very, very rare do we see right. much more than that. I mean, I, matter of fact, I can't tell you a time it happens. So, um, and we have just common sense, talk to locals follow tracks i mean there are places where you don't want to venture on some years um but everyone's no one wants to have to go help get you out of a and it very rarely do you ever fall through on Hawaii in deep water i mean it happens guys run right into pressure ridges but um most time it's a shallow point so all you are is miserable and everything's wet um 35 years i've got a tire wet once and that was complete stupidity so it's not a place where 
you got to come here. You just got to pay attention. That's yep. it. You know, have good yep. GPS just be right and stuff tight. like that. And- Ask questions. Do the networking. Like you said, it's not the type of place where everybody's got their hat low and nobody's no. making eye contact. It's a very small town feel in that whole area. Everywhere you go. That's why I just, I love promoting it. I love talking about it. Um, it's such a fun place and everybody kind of knows that it's fun in the spring. Everybody, uh, you know, likes going there in the summer, the fall bite, you know, it's like, you can't preach that enough. Um, yep. but you know, th- this, this crazy time frame where it's like December and you've kind of got, you know, we're still trying to f- get into that ice season, you know, it's like, that's not uncommon for you guys. Like, you know, your ice nope. season will be shorter than a lot of places, but for the ice fishing enthusiast, um, whether it's DIY or they want to, you know, go guided and give you guys a call, uh, you know, like it's, it's a very, uh, cool experience and it, and it's got the opportunities there as we talked about, it's a real opportunity, um, to experience something pretty darn awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's definitely different. It's different than other trophy fishing destinations. Um, they all have their specialties. They all have their, their feel. You got to experience them all. This is definitely another one of them. Well, and add in the fact that, um, governor Nome uh, extended our pheasant season into January now. So, I mean, yeah, there's just more opportunity you, to you do guys, cool stuff more. That's crazy. Guys need longer trips because you get to, you get pheasant hunt and you can all the way through January now. So it uh, and this year, I honestly, you always wait for December because it's going to be such a slant. I don't know if the weather looking at the forecast, it's going to be warm for a while yet. That January might be the normal um, I got a lot of guys who wait for them snow flies because that pheasant hunting, it's good. It's good all year. It's its great sometimes, but it's good all year. When you get them first big snows and then birds bunch up, it's not really so much hunting anymore. It's plan a hunt and then go shoot. Um, there's just so many birds. People can't fathom the numbers until you get to see them bunched up in the winter. And uh, what we do is if it's too ugly to go, you can't bust them birds out when it's really terrible. You go sit in a wheelhouse that day. Yep. Go. We set our wheelhouses up where we're close enough that you don't, you don't go venturing around when it's that ugly. I mean, if it's that ugly, you can't shoot birds. It sure isn't too bad in a seventy-degree ice shack catching fish for that day. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's the land of opportunity, for sure. And we get through this holiday season. Um, it's definitely gonna be. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you know, another <laughs> point to make. You know, it's like. You know, uh, when you get into the dead of winter for the upper Midwest and and Canada, when it's January and February and things are, you know, it's kind of the, you know, the, 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 uh, the winter doldrums, right? It's, it's really just the dead of winter and it can be pretty brutal in a lot of places, you know, on average, it's a lot more mild. It's so much more favorable. Uh, so don't, uh, don't discount the opportunities down there. And that might be right. Like you said, January might be right when it's getting sweet down there. Yeah, And you know, these fish are this big now they're still developing egg sacs. I mean, we've got some more growing to do here before spring. Yeah. I honestly, when they broke that record, when they broke that record and it was 16 pounds, I was like, Ooh, I'm going to go get this one. Now 18. That's getting getting it up there. That's a beast. I won't. I won't even kind of be surprised if this thing doesn't last through this winter. And I'm with you. I think it's going to happen on hard water. And how cool would that be? Oh, that would be unreal. Somebody, 
I can't imagine. I just pray whoever's with the guy that catches it, they get us a video because I seen a 14 pounder come through the ice last year. That don't look real down there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is clean enough water. You can see him a ways down. You want your heart to stop. You look at a 32 plus inch fish down there, six, eight feet under the ice and, yeah. Man, that, that, there's not much more that'll pucker a guy up than that. And that's oh. that's what a guy does. I mean, a 32, 33-inch walleye that's living on Lake Harry, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, like, that's a totally different build. And everybody listening, don't don't sleep on this. Don't say, ooh, I wish that I went two years ago, because it's Hawaii. It might be better. It might not be. You, you never know. That's the thing about it. When you get an opportunity like this, take it, because things change. And in, anybody who's ever dealt in the outdoor world, it changes constantly. So um, get get a trip booked. Get to say you ha- you tried at least. And uh, man, I hope you're calling me saying thank you because I listened to the JMO podcast and it made me go and I caught the fish of a lifetime. So yeah, dude. Yeah, man. I don't know. That's just what I dream about when we're doing these. We're talking about it. I dream about it myself. But if yeah, if one person <laughs> out there can just go and do it for me and send me a picture you know of a of a legit teener that they catch through the ice on oahi this year i love the conversation we're talking about everything going on in and around you know you know your part of the world akaska south dakota lake oahi the giant walleyes that are coming out of there i mean giant giant walleyes coming out of there we're talking the open water as it is right now um but what it 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 can be and will be when it freezes over and just how fun you know the opportunities are going to be as far as an ice fishing standpoint and just all it's just the land of opportunity so much uh, so much fun to think about and talk about um so we'll definitely do it again but i'm glad we were able to talk this time of year we've never talked the you know when it was cold outside and you know this kind of season we always talk when it's summertime and so i'm glad we were able to kind of touch base here and do kind of have a different conversation than we ever really had so it's kind of cool i appreciate it well and and yeah i man i when you called and said can we do an ice fishing late 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 uh season talk i was like wow that's gonna be fun because I, I don't do a ton of that because I'm pheasant hunting, but it uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. And maybe one of these days you'll actually turn that truck south and come down and see me for one Dude, of these. Dude, I got to do it. <laughs> Things. Well, that's where we'll end it. That's where we'll end it, Chad. Um, just, uh, yeah, great conversation. Cool. That's what these, this time of year, that's all we're trying to do is get ourselves revved up anyways, because there's not a ton of fishing going on, you know, across the board. There's not a ton. And uh, we're all just thinking about it. We're all just dreaming about it. We're all just talking about it. And it's fun. Uh, and that's what that's what these conversations ought to be right now. You know, yep. we'll be doing more fishing later on. That's what we'll talk about then. But uh, this has me fully jacked up. And um, <laughs> that's it, Chad. And if we're jacked, I hope everyone that's listening is jacked. I so hope so. I hope so. All right, man. You take care. Thanks for the opportunity, bud. All right. We'll talk to you. All right. Thanks, Taylor.